Hello, and welcome to Here's My Number, So Call Me Ishmael, the podcast formerly known as Stop in the Name of the Wind. It's a cultural <laughs> quiz show and so much more. I'm Tony, and this is Austin. Hello, Austin. Hello, Tony. How are you? Um, still sick. Still ill. Still ill. I'm like uh, the Beastie Boys. Yes. You are, as they say in the hip-hop community, the illest. <laughs> what if that was the actual, like, you know, point of pride in real life? <laughs> Still, Hey, how are you? Still ill? Word. Oh, God, I'm so ill. I'm down with I'm this so nucleosis. <laughs> uh, I've been kissing so many... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still ill. Still ill. Uh, but I'm here to part. I'm I'm here to party. I'm gonna fight for my right to party. <laughs> Good. Even with my license stale. Yes, Austin. In saying that, I realize that people use the phrase "down with" as in "I am down with an illness," but they also use the phrase "down with" as in "I am okay with" or "I am a party to." For instance. I'm down with that idea. Ooh. Do you think that Disturbed song is kind of a combination of both? Yeah. Um, Get down with the sickness? Yes. I, I'm yeah. just now realizing how clever of a title that is. You know, uh, when they when they peaked, they really peaked. <laughs> they, were, they were on top, man. Yeah. They were the illest. They were. Uh, the, Words, man. The... the <laughs> You, you know, it's a crazy language we speak. Uh, <laughs> the theme of today's episode is canceled. I was inspired by the fact that my morning class yesterday was canceled. And what class was it? This was a class, the name of which I don't know the full name, but it's something along the lines of advanced industrial organization. Hmm. Not very organized of you to not know the full name of your class. Or advanced. Hey oh. Hey oh. Yeah, and it's still actually, got the jokes. It's actually <laughs> Yeah, this this illness will not hold you back. <laughs> the it's actually a class that I'm really excited for, but the fact that it got cancelled is still really exciting to me because I just love it when classes get cancelled. Were you uh were you out were you up and at them and ready to go or were you still in bed when you found out? I woke up to the sound of my phone getting a notification about an email and I opened that email and it said class is canceled. Oh. And I was asleep before before you read the last <laughs> L. Right. Before the second L and canceled. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, because the worst it, is when you is when you get up and get dressed and get showered and and force yourself to face the day, and then you get halfway to class and then realize it's canceled. Right. But when you know that it's canceled at the right time, it's like it's like there are twenty five hours in the day. Um. Go on, please go on. <laughs> is that the end of that? I, well, it's just. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that's yes, Austin. That's the end of that. I thought it was a creative way of saying that you have more time in your life, but apparently you didn't think it was so creative. Well, I know I thought it was creative. I just I it sounded like um, there was going to be a no. That wasn't leading an addition. 
But I will tell you what I'm about to lead into, and that is the first category. The uh, first category in the world of cancellations is TV shows, which were canceled after one episode. Oh, boy. Do you know any off the top of your head? No, I know. There's some Adult Swim pilots that I know only only had one episode, but I don't think any of those would be. They're pretty niche. Um, I, I chose some... Cheyenne Cinnamon's uh, Magical Fun Time Land, which is a, a Britney Spears-esque superhero who's a cocaine addict. That one got <laughs> shut down pretty quickly. <laughs> they decided to um, lock that down pretty quick. Um, so, no, I don't, I don't know any. Okay. The first show uh, that I want to talk about is a show which was canceled on some ABC affiliates before the show was even finished. Like, midway through the run of the show, some showrunner said, no, 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 this is not for us. <laughs> We're shutting this down. It is a show called Turn On, Ooh. and it is a sketch comedy show that aired in February of 1969. Do you want to make any guesses as to why it was canceled? 1979, you said? 69. 69. Um, I think that's your answer right there. <laughs> yeah, it actually is somewhat of a, a relevant <laughs> fact. It was canceled for, for lewd, lewdness. It was. Um, it, it was. Had people sleeping in the same bed. Offensive like sexual that. humor. One really? Of the, one of the network directors called it very blue. <laughs> da ba dee da ba da na, 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 na. Turn on. Did it have a slash in the middle, like face off? It has a dash in the middle. Or a oh, hyphen. Okay. Oh, boy. There is a difference, and I don't know what it is. One of them is longer than the other. Yeah, you got an M dash. Yes, there's an uh, M dash, there's an N dash. Maybe an N and dash there's a hyphen. Is a hyphen. Maybe M dash, because M dash is longer. I think an M dash is to set off like a, uh, a phrase within a sentence. Right, yes, an uh, M dash is long, and it, it, it separates. Yes, yeah, clauses. If I mind. said Tony M dash. My my co-host and question master, M Dash, is the best podcaster out there. That would be the proper use. Do you, use do you of know what those are called? It's apposition, right? Oh, you're so good. It's an a positive phrase. Ooh, yeah, very good. Remind me, did I'm, you work at the writing center at your undergraduate institution? I did, and I'm also a positive uh, blood type, so. Oh, so very de- intimately connected to a positive phrases. <laughs> yeah, I too worked at the writing center at my undergraduate institution, so that makes oh, that makes both two of us, both of the hosts of the show. You know, words, man. <laughs> it's just if there it's is a secondary words. theme, if there is a secondary theme to this episode, it is words, comma, man. <laughs> yes, the. The ABC affiliate in Cleveland, Ohio, before uh, or right, immediately after the first commercial break, cut the show and put something else on. I don't even know what else on. And some affiliates on the West Coast didn't even start it because they have the advantage of being a few time zones over. Uh, oh, wow. Never thought about that. Yeah. You know, it's spheres, man. <laughs> And um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to find I, – I really put an effort into finding specific jokes or sketches from the show, but I wasn't able to find anything, so I can't tell you – I mean, people people's sensibilities in 1969 
I think were different than they are today. I mean, I think a show that would get canceled in 1969 wouldn't necessarily get canceled today. So I'd right. be, I was I was interested to know, but I couldn't find any. In all honesty, all jokes aside, I'm sure that a lot of homosexual behavior or characters would be considered transgressive in 1969. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just something that we're past today. Wow. Um, well, right. More past. We're getting, we're getting past, yeah. Which is good. But yeah, interesting right. turn on. Here's another interesting fact, sort of a, a follow-up fact. So in the wake of this cancellation, ABC received a pilot written by Norman Lear, and they rejected it on the grounds that the lead character was a foul-mouthed bigot. <laughs> Do you have any idea what that show was? Norman Lear, lead character, was a foul-mouthed bigot. And it was canceled? No, so this television show was uh, not accepted by ABC and then was picked up by CBS. Um, and what year was this? Be, this is uh, 1970 or 71. It, th- this show, th- the reason it's an interesting fact is that, you know, the the risk aversion demonstrated by ABC in the wake of, of this cancellation shows that you know sometimes you do have to take risks because this show went on to be one of the most well-received shows of all time widely regarded as some of the best writing in an american sitcom um as another hint the lead character who they describe as a foul mouth bigot is named archie bunker oh all in the family right yes exactly right wow so abc had a chance to pick up all in the family but they were scared they were cowed by the masses. Uh, and look at look at us now. Look at us now. The next show is a television show that aired in 1979, this time by CBS. So CBS, you know, had success with All in the Family, but then had a lack of success with a television show by the name of Coed Fever. <laughs> That's a, that's even a little less subtle, subtle than turn on. Yeah. Uh, now, do you have so the timing is here is in 1979. There was a batch of three, what are called frat house comedy series that came out that year that were trying to ride the success of a certain film. Do you have any guess what that film might be? A National Lampoon. Y- yes. Which one? Uh, Animal House. Yes. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, so there were, yeah, so like I said, three shows, Coed Fever, Delta House, and Brothers and Sisters, all of which aired <laughs> in 1979, and all of which were done by 1979. <laughs> now, Coed Fever, that would be a hyphen, right? Yes. Yep. Coed. Well done. Okay. Coed Fever, yes, it is a, any guesses what that uh, that show might be about? Probably, uh sexual politics within Greek communities on a, on a university campus. You're right. Even more specifically, it is a formerly all female college that just begins admitting male students. Oh man. Wow. That's really, you know, totally exploiting uh, all the fantasies of these, of these young men. Yeah. Uh, That probably sucked though. Right. I mean, to be the only male or the only small number of males in an all-female small college? Small group of males in an all-female college? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think it would be as fantastical as maybe the fantasy 
would permit. Right. It's a uh, well, no, but now I'm now I'm backtracking because guys are capable of having equally strong platonic friendships with women, I think. So uh maybe yeah. it's great. Yeah. And although I think that there is some evidence I think this is at like the elementary school level, but elementary middle school level. I think there's some evidence that same sex schools tend to be better performing. Like ten, their stu- their students tend to do better, um, like controlling for selection factors and things like that. I could be wrong about that. I'll look mm. into it. Something to think about. The next show. It aired in 1990, and the title of the show is Heil Honey, I'm Home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, would you like to guess what this show is about? Uh, I'm getting some Hogan Heroes vibes of kind of a, <laughs> a slapsticky portrayal of, of Nazi home life, maybe. Yeah, y- yes. E- even more specifically, <laughs> it is the fictionalized home life of Adolf Hitler and Eva Braun. And oh my they live next door to a Jewish couple, by <laughs> a fictional Jewish couple by the name of Arnie and Rosa Goldstein. <laughs> so. And was it a, you know, we've seen some great comedic portrayals of the Fuhrer, like uh, Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator, you know, classic sure. film. Yeah, and um, parodied also I'm guessing- in The Producers. The producers, exactly. yes, Rick So yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was. I mean, obviously, it was a parody. It it spoofs the like nineteen fifties American sitcom, sort of the like Leave It to Beaver era. Uh, oh God, okay, just a second, Coach is just a second, Coach. Is your roommate acting up again? <laughs> yes, he was playing with a Diet Dr. Pepper bottle. Yeah, my roommates do that too. <laughs> uh, it's foul. When they're done playing with a Diet Dr. Pepper bottle, do you give them the ripped up remnants of their bed? <laughs> because that is what I just did. Um, okay, anyway, where were we? Uh, yeah. So, yes, it was. it is a spoof of 1950s American sitcoms like Leave it to Beaver and I Love Lucy, that sort of thing, where they the, the the comedy is in the contrast between the obvious darkness of the characters and the lightness of the subject matter. Right. Now, Austin, would you like to guess why this show was canceled? Will the answer surprise me? It will not surprise you. <laughs> you know, I'm guessing that... Uh... The British public was still smarting from its its run-ins with with Germany during World War II. Maybe they just weren't ready for it yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, basically, it was described as perhaps the world's most tasteless situation comedy. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, so I, that's another show where I mean, I don't know that in that exact form it would succeed today, but that's like that sort of comedy of. A really dark character in a really light situation. I think that might succeed today. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a thin line. Seeing if that if that kind of thing works, right? I mean, yeah. As uh, you know, it, to quote Rage Against the Machine, 
it's a thin line between entertainment and war. Ooh. That's good. Which is shockingly relevant to this conversation. Yeah, you should quote them more often on here. I, I will. I mean, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Always Sunny, right? I mean, there's no reason that show should succeed in the demographics it does because. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it just... ranks it ranks pretty highly among tastelessness. Maybe not the right. world's most tasteless situation comedy, but it's it's pretty tasteless. Right, it's pretty tasteless, but they do such a good job of convincing you that. These are indeed the worst people in the world. Right. Um, it's like a it's a it's a second level removed from your conscience, your conscience, and you're you're kind of just watching this little microcosm, self-contained show that you don't identify with the characters at all, but you you enjoy watching it. That was a really good analysis. Oh, thank you. Very There's also a show on Adult Swim called Mr. Pickles about a dog who is a satanic mass murderer and he lives with this cute little suburban family um <laughs> and so it just contrasts you know yeah the, yeah very sort of, sort of a, yeah, yeah the, the contrast of the dark character and the light situation i want to watch this show how do i find hi honey I'm <laughs> <laughs> again i did i looked for videos of these and by and large was not able to find anything if you work really hard you might be able to find footage of it but as as far as i can tell there's there's nothing i love it yeah all right give me more give me more i guess, I guess austin you can not see that show <laughs> um unless you can find it for me am i right i i i would find it for you but i i don't want to right now i guess i'm just stalling <laughs> um Man, I, uh, yeah, now I'm stalling, trying to think of something else. I was going to say something about, like, if you ever get it on DV, maybe you could lend in it to me, but it it didn't Len- quite. I could lend in Len- Len- it to me. Yeah. I can go without. <laughs> if, if I found it for you, I would be your hero, Hito. Oh, oh, us. That's that's uh, that's what I got. The next TV show is a show by the name of Secret Talents of the Stars. This one came out in two thousand eight. The premise of the show is that it's it's basically America's Got Talent, but with people who are already famous. Oh, kind of like Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Uh, exactly like Dancing with the Stars, but instead of just dancing, they were allowed to do a wide variety of things, including riding unicycles and singing and acrobatics and things like that. One of the judges, one of the celebrity judges, was a woman by the name of Debbie Reynolds. Oh. May she R.I.P. May she. She unfortunately wasn't able to provide the star power boost necessary to get the show a second episode the, right, she's kind uh, of a, she's kind of a b-lister i mean <laughs> let's be honest in the in the 2008 era yeah one of the celebrities is an olympic figure skater by the name of sasha cohen oh not to be confused with sasha baron cohen but i didn't realize right. that there was a, a an olympic figure skater named sasha cohen i didn't either 
Would you like to guess what she did? On um, what, what? What was her secret talent, Austin? Did it have anything to do with skating? It did not. So that would be a, a not secret talent. The idea behind the show is that these stars have a talent which is not secret, and in the show they reveal their secret talent. Their secret talents. Um, is she very good at at performing different kind of fabricated characters? Yeah, the problem is like the problem is all she did was obscure Olympics figure skaters that nobody had heard of. So that's why nobody liked it. Not quite as good as Sasha Baron right. on that front. Yeah, not as not as good as Sasha Baron Cohen. <coughs> she was just too obscure. It, she, um, she she performed with the New Shanghai Circus, a Chinese ooh. acrobat troupe. Wow. Yeah. What does the old Shanghai Circus do? Well, probably the same thing, but it's it's just older people. Yeah. So the the acrobatics are a little bit less impressive. Or more impressive, depending on how much how much death you want, how give. much death you want to see. <laughs> right. Uh, there's about a 65 percent chance that I've seen the new Shanghai Circus because I did see a Chinese acrobat troupe in Shanghai. Wow. Yeah, but I can't remember what the name of the troupe was. You're so worldly. I'm pretty worldly. So Joe Frazier who you may know as the former professional boxer. That is his, his boxing is his not secret talent. Would you like okay. to guess what his, his secret talent is? Thank you for really bludgeoning home uh, the premise of the show. <laughs> I, know, I didn't get it. Well, you did time. ask if Sasha Cole, I did figure skater, if her secret talent was figure skating. I said, was it skating related? But you're right. You're right. Joe Frazier's secret talent. Um, Contortionism? Ooh. I would have liked to have seen that. A heavyweight boxer contorting his body. Yeah, big bulky man just turning into a... Stuffing himself into a Kleenex box. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or or into a manila envelope, and they call it the Thrilla in Manila. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Uh, If you would like a hint, he was singing in a certain genre... And, you know, he's famous for being a boxer. He was famous for going into the ring and boxing, the r-r-ring, and b-b-boxing. Uh, stuttering? No. Austin. Professional stuttering? It's, it's, it's a musical genre, okay? So yeah. we're in the world of musical genres. He was famous for going into the ring and boxing. R- and b- R&B. Yeah. I thought you were trying to give me like a Wagner, a Wagner hint that he was an <laughs> opera singer no. with the ring. But then I didn't know where the box came in. I didn't know that Wagner had an opera called The Box Cycle. <laughs> So I was lost on that clue. Uh, yeah, so Joe Frazier was saying some R&B. Ben Stein, comedian, among other things. Comedian, climate change denier. Right. Yes, his Money. That's his, his obvious talent is that he is able to reject truth in the face of all facts. <laughs> his secret talent was a specific type of dance. And um. I learned a very, very interesting fact about this type of dance that I'm going to share with you. Okay, I'm ready. There was a song written for 
the movie The Wizard of Oz. The name of this song is The Type of Dance. And the premise of the song was that the Wicked Witch of the West had sent an insect to the party, meaning Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Lion, and Toto. And this insect was going to make them dance. Their journey was going to be put on hold because they were forced to dance. <laughs> and the, obviously the sequence was not in the actual movie, but you can, in the movie, you can, uh, the, the witch tells one of the flying monkeys, I sent a little insect on ahead to take the fight out of them. That's pretty good, Tony. It's a dance I would have heard of, huh? It is. And the fact that it's okay. an insect is a... Yeah, clue. context clues. Uh, jitterbug. Yes. Do the jitterbug. <laughs> Rest in peace, George Michael. Man, what a year. What a year. What a podcast. This is this is the really who's who of who died in 2016. <laughs> people... Canceled. People, brokenhearted people the world around gather gather around their earbuds to listen to here's my number so call me ishmael to waylay the pain of losing so many good people Ugh. yes ben stein danced the jitterbug probably the most famous star well ben stein's pretty famous and i guess joe fraser's pretty famous too one of the most famous stars on secret talents of the stars was a man by the name of george takei oh yes yes he was also a singer, or a singer on the show, and the genre that he sang in, as a hint, I will tell you that one of the judges made a Brokeback Mountain joke, a somewhat insensitive Brokeback Mountain joke, given that George Takei is a homosexual man, and the lead characters in Brokeback Mountain are also homosexual. But the fact that he chose Brokeback Mountain as a movie might give you a hint as to what genre of music it was. Uh, country. You got it. Very good. Moving right along to our second theme, our second category, we are going to be talking about movies which were wholly or partially filmed and canceled prior to being released. Do you well, know I know off the top of your head? The only one I know that I can think of off the top of my head is uh there was a guy who gosh what was his last name he has a very long russian name who was set to direct a version of dune by frank herbert the book dune i'm sure you're familiar with yeah, yeah, yeah. spent just millions of dollars assembling this this all-star team of people including salvador dali um, who was alive at that time. H.R. Geiger, who did all the character design for the Alien movies. Is this the um, guy who made the Geiger counter? Uh, no. Probably this is relative. the guy. Yeah. Uh, a, a relative. Anyway, there's this documentary. It's amazing. It's about, it's got all these like photos and concept art and soundtrack ideas. Very interesting. And all this stuff. And it went on to inspire some of the most famous science fiction movies of all time, but it was never actually made. That is it's, very interesting. Yeah, now that you but, mention, so Geiger, is he the guy, there's a Netflix documentary about an artist who does a lot yes. of you know, alien-esque art. Is this the guy you're talking about? 
Yes, that's the guy. It's called like World of Shadows or World of yes, Darkness or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sort of an ominous name. Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting, Austin. That is I, not one I, of the movies that I selected to talk about, but I'm glad that we talked about it. Oh, good. Thank you. I think the guy's name is uh, Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky. You should look it up. Jodorowsky's Dune, You are I believe. right that that is a long name. Yes, Jodorowsky. The first movie uh, that I selected to talk about is a movie by the name of Uncle Tom's Fairy Tales, which was created in 1969. It is a comedy, and it is a comedy about a white man who goes on trial for having raped a black woman, sort of an inversion of the To Kill a Mockingbird trope. Right, which is timely and appropriate for our podcast. Yeah, we... Gosh, we love that book. (laughs) Um... Oh, can you, now, can you, re- yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go over the facts again one more time. And then the question I'm going to ask you is which comedian do you think was the creator of, of this, of this, uh, film? The, the movie is called uncle Tom's fairy tales. And it is about a white man who goes on trial for having raped a black woman. And it's a comedy. It is. Yes. Oh my gosh. Archie bunker. <laughs> Uh, so no, a fictional character did not make this movie. Uh, your your hints are that it is an edgy black comedian in the year 1969. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. What's his name? Richard Pryor. Yes, very good. Nice. Yes, and would you like to guess the reason why it was never actually brought to the public? I mean, you've already used the the poor taste excuse. Yes, it, so. is not, it is not poor taste. It is a totally, totally, totally different reason. Really? Yeah. All right, hit me. I I will. When he was making this movie, Richard Pryor's wife complained that he was paying more attention to the movie than he was to her. So, in the middle of filming, she got a hold of the negatives and ripped them to shreds. What? Yeah. And that is incredible. Yes. And in the day before digital copies of things, that was just to the end of things. Apparently, that was it. they were able to scrap together some little bits and pieces of it, but, you know, there's like, you know, the whole film will never ever be seen because of one person getting angry. Wow. Which is sort of crazy. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I, I can't say for sure whether or not Uncle Tom's Fairy Tales would have been a major cultural touchstone, but it's amazing to think that it was within the realm of possibility for a single person to destroy a possible cultural touchstone. Right, which uh, in the internet age is nigh impossible. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you're seeing like unfinished versions of films months before shooting has even wrapped up. Yeah. Because someone can leak it. And the internet's written in ink, bro. It is written in ink. Apparently, uh, in Richard Pryor's autobiography, he says that he sent the final edit of the movie to Bill Cosby. And Bill Cosby's only comment was, hey, this shit is weird. (laughs) Oh, man. uh, Rave reviews. Rave reviews from Bill. Yeah, I... 
I'm I'm gonna avoid Bill Cosby jokes because yeah, they're too, they're too easy. But like exactly low hanging fruit, low hanging fruit. But like I mean the the subject matter of that film and the fact that he asked Bill Cosby about right. it. There's something there. there I is, just don't want to dig it out. It is. It I don't want to do it. Listen, it's there, but we're not. We're 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 not going to be the ones to dig into that hole. Nope. We're gonna walk past it. Because we're gonna acknowledge the tree you, when you when you. Stare into the abyss, it stares right back at you. It's true. It's true. The next movie I want to talk about is a movie called Who Killed Bambi, which came out in 1978. It is a, well, if it had been completed, it was going to be sort of comparable to The Beatles' It's A Hard Day's Night. So my question for you, Austin, is if The Beatles had A Hard Day's Night, what band had Who Killed Bambi? Um, The Who? No. It's... Who killed Bambi? <laughs> nice. Uh, it, uh, is, it, is, it is a song in the same way that A Hard Day's Night is a Beatles song. It, this Who Killed Bambi is a song by this band. This band is a punk band, an early punk band. Sex Pistols? Yes. Oh, wow. Early punk band. That's yes. what did it for me. Yep. Yes, they were... Apparently only a day and a half into filming before it was stopped. The producers of the film thought it was just horrifying. Uh, There is some footage existing from the film of Sting assaulting the drummer of the Sex Pistols when he asks for directions. And that is apparently just like the the tamest part of it. That's Um, the tamest part of it is... Sting not giving directions. Right. <laughs> and when you say it, that I can only way, it really imagine what the, I can only imagine what the rest of the film was like. Yeah. If that was the tame part. Now there is another movie called Who Killed Bambi that came out in 2003. Please don't confuse Who Killed Bambi about the Sex Pistols with Who Killed Bambi about Isabel, a beautiful nursing student who's starting her internship at a prestigious hospital and meets Dr. Philip there and feels attracted to him from the beginning and starts suffering from a strange faintings. So he calls her Bambi because her legs don't support her and patients mysteriously start to disappear from their rooms. So Bambi and Dr. Philip start a cat versus mouse paranoid game in order to catch the probable killer. Please don't confuse those two movies. Wow. That started out sounding like a Lifetime movie and it kind of evolved (laughs) into... It's a Lifetime movie. <laughs> what is it? Who made it? It is a, I believe, Italian or French movie. It is, it's some European, it's European. And it's um, made an appearance at one of those film festivals, the Cannes Film Festival, which would make me think that it's French, but it's, in any case. Tony, listen to this idea. Hit me. A very straight, straight played drama film. That is the story of the hunter who killed Bambi's mother oh. going through his day, waking up, you know, what's his, what's going on in it's, his you, life. Yeah. It would be like a, it would be like a, a day in the life movie where it's just, what's, what's that one movie where it's about the dude who is thinking about killing himself and it just follows him through a single day. Yeah. I don't know. What's it called? He's a professor. Shoot. Is it Flubber? <laughs> yeah. Also, dude, that's a dark call, given the demise of Robin Williams. Oh, man. It really is. It, honestly, the only reason that came that bounced into my mind was um, 
it's about a professor. Right. I didn't I didn't make the connection with Robin Williams' uh, cause of death. You couldn't, have, you couldn't have gone with, I don't know, Professor Clumps, the nutty professor? Right. Or the original Jerry Lewis, the nutty professor. I just thought Flubber had like a better like... Right. You know, punchy, a punchy punchline. Taken in and of itself, outside of its historical context, Flubber was an excellent comedic draw. Okay, thank you. Anyway, I want to get back to this Who Killed Bambi. Oh, yes. Uh, so here's what I'm picturing. Open on, guy waking up in bed. He is like a generally unhappy guy. He, w- he wakes up alone. We see him, you know, getting... You know, the classic, like, getting ready sequence where he's sort of disheveled and, you know, he gets ready and he, you know, how people say some people clean up well. He just doesn't clean up well. Right, no. Um, And his, like, his one joyful release in life is being able to give it out in nature and go hunting. Right, and usually, uh, you know, I want to give this guy some, I want to give him some pathos. I want to say, like, maybe he doesn't usually pull the trigger but but something this time makes him pull the trigger maybe he's like uh trying to provide for you know maybe he's trying to provide for his mother (gasps) oh tony that's good that's good he doesn't have enough money to uh to provide for his sick sick mother in classic movie form he wakes up and checks his his voicemails and one of the voicemails is a debt collector saying listen your mom is three years late on her mortgage blah 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 we're gonna take all your grain we're gonna take all of your grain and um he goes over to his mom's house she's happy she's she's sweet but it's obvious that she is very sick you know, she gets up to answer the door and then is just immediately winded. She sits down. Um, he goes to the pantry to cook her something to eat. There's barely anything in there. You know, he knows he has to, he's got to pay the piper. And so he goes out and and pulls his gun off the shelf that he hasn't used in years because he usually just likes watching the birds and watching the, the trees. And he oh, takes a life. He, oh, oh, man. He likes watching the birds and trees, and he names all the animals, and that's why they have names in the movie. Like, he sees a rabbit, oh. he's nicknamed Thumper. Oh, God. This is a great story. I think we should write it. Even if it never goes to press, it can be for us and our yes. listeners. Yeah. We can do a, a reader's theater. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, on our 100th podcast, when we have a, a huge following, that can be kind of our special gift to our listeners who uh who donate to us yeah this is the special performance of thumper lover (laughs) thumper lover uh, a hunter's tale (laughs) uh that's very good yeah we'll do that okay Uh, the the last movie i want to talk about is a it's based off of a stephen king novel and I happen to know that you are a reader of Stephen King. I am. A reader and apologist. And, <laughs> yes, and apologist. This is a movie that is... It's not quite horror, so it's not like a Stephen King horror, but it's it's not uplifting either. It's not in the... the it's no Shawshank Redemption. It's no Shawshank Redemption or... What's the one with River Phoenix? Stand By Me. It's no Shawshank yeah. Redemption or Stand By Me. 
either. It's it's like a dark thriller. Do you I, I, and I'll I'll give you a few hints about the plot points, and I'll see if you can come up with the name of this novel slash movie. Okay, I'm ready. The key plot point is that a high school student realizes that one of his neighbors is a Nazi criminal in hiding. And so he threatens to tell everybody unless the Nazi will tell him all the gory details of what happened. And then the plot proceeds from there. Wow, I don't know if I have read this one. I like the premise, though. Yeah, I mean, it seems Although pretty, it, it, seems pretty it's, uh, it's concerning to me that you have brought up the Third Reich in uh, two of your questions. That's true. Um, uh, can, can you give me one more hint? I don't know if it'll help, but if you if you have anything uh, else, if you don't recognize it from that, I, I suspect you won't. Maybe a maybe a maybe a wordplay hint with the yes, title that's, because that, that's Austin. You son of a gun! That's exactly where I was going to go. Oh. so the words, man. When the high school student is talking with the Nazi, he's sort of like he's sort of obsessed with the gross, weird stuff that the Nazi has done, and he sort of becomes this Nazi's student, and sort of his protege. Yes. Now, what they're t- <laughs> okay. Here we go. <laughs> what they're talking about, the subject matter might be considered inappropriate to some. However, the title of the film is two words, synonyms of appropriate student. Appropriate student. I got nothing, Tony. Just hit me. The film is called Apt Pupil. Apt Pupil. Yeah. It was later remade with Ian McKellen as the Nazi. Oh. Sir Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen, yes. Do you want to guess why Apt Pupil was not uh, completed? Um, no. Okay. It was halted because the studio ran out of money, and it was in production limbo for about six months while they were trying to procure the necessary funds. But in those six months, the kid who was playing the high school student so you know one of the two main characters had grown so much that it was no longer believable for them to continue filming with him so they just totally ditched the project man so his voice was cracking and he was sprouting some upper lip hair yeah so they had to just give it up and as i said it was later remade and apparently it's a pretty good movie won some awards apt pupil now, Austin, for a third category, our third and final category, you already mentioned the spelling of the word canceled. How, how would you spell canceled? I think I would spell it C-A-N-C-E-L-L-E-D. Well then, Austin, you would be spelling it like a British person. Because ah. the preferred British spelling is with two L's, and the preferred American spelling is with a single L. Really? Yes. And that leads us to our last category, which is differences between British and American English. Wow. That's, that's kind of out of left field, and I'm ready for it. Let's go. What I want from you first is just you to throw out any of your known 
differences between British and American English. Um, biscuit would refer to maybe a cookie. Yeah, and not even maybe a cookie. I would go. I would go so far as to say definitely <laughs> a cookie. Definitely a cookie. Rubbish. Yeah. Instead of trash. I had a I had a teacher, a British teacher in Sunday school when I was a kid. She'd say, "Put the rubbish in the bin." So I'm guessing that trash can might be trash bin. Yeah. Or rubbish, rubbish bin. bin. Yeah. Yeah. Crisps. Crisps. For crackers. Yep. Gosh, they they really are a silly people. I mean, the whole reason I wanted to do this is just to talk about how silly British people are. Just how because silly. Everything they say is so silly. For instance, they will say instead of saying that they want to go to the hospital, they will say, or like when they when when they're in the hospital, they won't say they're in the hospital. They'll say they're in hospital. She's in hospital. What the hell is going on there? Same thing with uh, university. Like they'll say I'm going to university instead of saying I'm going to the university. Yeah, and to which I respond, yeah, sounds like you need it. Nice. <laughs> you dumb. Idiot Brits. You Brit. Go to university and learn how to talk. Same thing with math and maths. British people say maths instead of math. Ooh, let's go hell? over our maths, children. Yeah, what, what <laughs> the hell? You're wasting time. Wasting breath. Uh, so what we're going to do now is we are just going to run through... A bunch of words, and I'm going to give you the... Well, here's what I'll do. I'll alternate between giving you the American and British word, and your goal okay. is to come up with the other. First, I'm going to hit you with something, perhaps in your area of expertise, some uh, some cooking, baking words. Cilantro. Okay. What do the British call it? When they just call it coriander? They surely do. Because it is the same plant. Yes. Coriander are the seed pods. Correct. In, in okay, their, cool. In, in, in British English, they refer to both the leaves and the seed, or the, the plant as, as chamomile, or as, as coriander. <laughs> so many things that start with the letter C. I know. <laughs> All right, so here's a, here's a, a British Crisps. phrase that I want you to tell me the American version of. Positive discrimination. Positive discrimination. Would that be affirmative action? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're silly people, aren't they? Just... It is silly, but it is more. It's more straightforward. We like to like wrap it up in a nice bow. It's true, but they're calling it like it is. Yeah, the American. Not that I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of affirmative action. That sounded like I wasn't, but uh, you know, call, it is well, uh, the treating call someone it positive, and you're saying that it's a positive right. thing. So it's a positive thing. I'm I'm saying, but it is still discrimination because it's treating someone differently, right? Based yes, on it's, it's discrimination without trait. the negative connotation. Yes, right. The Americans call the hair over somebody's forehead their bangs. What do the British people call it? Um, the drapes. <laughs> the bangers. <laughs> um, no, what do they call them? That's great. I didn't know that that was different. They call it the fringe, <laughs> which is what that TV show is named after. Fringe. Yeah, I mean Olivia. Olivia does have bangs in the second season, <laughs> so it makes sense. Yep. Oh, by the way, I should say all of these come from Wikipedia, so these are not from like personal conversations with British people. So if these are totally, totally wrong, <laughs> right. blame Wikipedia. Don't blame me. As if we would have any British friends, though. Right. I mean, come on. As as if as, as if, if as if I could get through a conversation with one of these silly people uh, without just 
spilling my drink in their face. Yeah, sorry, did you say positive discrimination? L O L. Hey, hey, how do you feel about positive discrimination at university, <laughs> you idiot? Positive discrimination at university. <laughs> uh, jog on. That's what I'd say. Uh, the British call a certain game drafts. What do Americans call it? They call it drafts? Yes. D-R-A-U-G-H-T-S. What do Americans call um, D-R-A-U-G-H-T-S? D-R-A-U-G-H-T-S. It's probably some kind of a drinking game, right? Uh, no, it's, it's a game that you might see in a bar or more likely a cracker barrel. Oh, checkers. Yes. Wow. Again. Why? Just why? You know, that's my... I wish I could come up with some clever checkers jokes. Is, checkers, checkers is just such a better name. Yeah. I want to really, really lay into these, these limeys. But, uh, you know, I just can't get past the question why. Like, why are you the way you are? <laughs> it's so fundamentally... It's so fundamentally flawed that if you begin somewhere, you automatically miss 99% of what's happening. Yeah. It's post humor. You can't. It's it's, it's beyond so the realm deeply, of humor. So deeply wrong. It's just unforgivable. Unforgivable. Give me some more. I will. Give me some more of these. Uh, Americans call it cotton candy. What do you, what do the British call it? Oh, probably some uh you know f- fluffs. <laughs> Puffs. Uh it's even weirder. Candy floss. Candy floss. Would you like to go to fair and have some candy floss with me? <laughs> is what they say. Is what you on a typical Friday night you'll hear on a, a typical Brit Friday saying. night. And you know, uh, it doesn't surprise me that they're flossing with sugar. Honestly, <laughs> the way yeah, that uh, it really does feed into every negative stereotype that people have about British people. It really does. One of my favorites. Americans call it a hickey. What do you British people call it? They call it a hickey. I've heard it called a love bite before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Call a love bite. I've got a love, I've got, he's got a love bite on his neck. <laughs> Why? Have you, ever, uh, have you ever gotten a hickey? I have not. Have you? I, I have once. And it was the day before I was Picture reading. Day. It was the day before I was reading scripture in my aunt's oh, wedding. no. And the suit I was wearing did not cover it up at all. No. So I was just up there, just full... The whole world to see. Just a massive love bite. Full love bite. Gosh, yeah. that's embarrassing. That's almost worse than picture day. Because it's your whole church. Like Your school is going to see your picture, but your church is going to see Your church family. That wasn't my church. Oh, really? So, okay. Yeah. Uh, no big loss. Oh, well. <laughs> love bite. Uh, Americans call them popsicles. What do British people call it? And you're you're gonna have to crank up the silly on this one because this is just silly times a billion. Chili bits. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's <laughs> so good, and I don't even think it's as silly as what they call it. They call it oh an ice lolly. <laughs> it's so. Dumb. They're so dumb. It's just an island full of really dumb people saying really dumb things. <laughs> I kind of picture Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, saying something about his 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 chili willy, calling it 
An ice lolly. Suck on my ice lolly. Suck on my ice lolly. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Everybody chill. <laughs> uh, it's they're silly. They're silly people. They're silly people. The last term, Austin, is uh, the British people will refer to it as caving. What will Americans refer to it as? You know, I usually call it folding under pressure. Yeah, so that or would be maybe, one caving. You're going to want to think about caving in a more literal sense of the word. You know, this one this one I might have to go with the Brits on because our word for it is one of the silliest words in the language. Spelunking. You're right. It is. And <sighs> Spelunking. You're right. It is a bit silly. I feel like caving is a little bit on the nose. Yeah. And, you know, let them have one. Right. I mean, candy floss. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll call that one a draw. Right, it's a pity point. We didn't skunk him. Point. Gosh, uh, uh, Austin, those those are all of the British slash American words that I wanted to talk about. And you know, British friends, my one British friend, Josh, if you're listening, I love you, mate. <laughs> um, and you know, all this, you're the one exception. <laughs> And the fact that you moved to Chicago really, you know, it was a good, it was a good move. Yeah. I'm not going to make any apologies for what I've said. I'm, I stand by it. <laughs> One day you'll meet a, you'll meet a British person, Tony, and you'll, you'll look back on this episode. And I'll say, yeah. I, what, I said what I meant and I meant what I said. <laughs> uh. So that's canceled. I want you to name this episode canceled with two L's, but parentheses around one of the L's. Ooh. You know and have a little, about. yeah, have a little arrow pointing to it saying, weak. Look at, the, <laughs> look at these dummies. For they couldn't, they couldn't get the message after just one L. <laughs> it's really not pronounced canceled. 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 Sounds so gross. Ugh, gross. Yeah. That's probably something the Brits would eat, though. Oh, totally. That, on top of all, oh, Austin, can of worms you've just opened here. On top of all <laughs> the silly things that they say, they eat the weirdest stuff. Just the weirdest. Guess what they call mayonnaise? But probably, like, I, I don't know, whitey tighties? Oh, you're so close. Salad cream. Oh, gross. Ugh. Mayonnaise is already gross enough by itself. Ugh. Gosh, that's wow. gross. Gosh. Well, Tony. Austin, thanks for uh, thanks for talking today, dude. Yeah, it was great. It was uh, good to stretch these, stretch me old, me old talky pipes. <laughs> um. Uh, um. No, before we before we stop, we gotta invent some more Britishisms. Um. Yeah, I've I've got a. I've 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 got to take my my bark monkey for a walk. <laughs> there are silly people. A bark monkey would be a good name for a squirrel too. Yeah. Oh. Which is interesting because bark monkey the dog likes to chase bark monkey the squirrel. Oh, that's sort of true. Like bark monkey and bark monkey action. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm going to let you get to work. Before we go, mad props to Chuchuma 
for providing our intro and outro music. It is a really great song. Every time I flip on our podcast and hear that opening music, it feels it feels like a real thing. It you feels know, like home. so thank so thank you, Jude, for yeah. I th- for, I, think, uh, yeah I just feel like my ears are home when I hear the. Yeah, you know, uh, he can he does it better than me, so I'm not even gonna <laughs> just let him handle it. Let him handle it. Let the sing song boy handle it. That's what British <laughs> singers. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Jude. Thank you, Austin. Thank you for listening, and I wish you all well. Goodbye. Goodbye.